Are we live? Are we rolling? We are live. We are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome, everyone. Good evening, Mike. Hello. This is the Tangent Podcast. Tangents with Colleen and Mike. What's up, Mike? How are you? How are you doing, Colleen? <sighs> Almost good. How was that? Was that professional? Fresh out of the <laughs> oven. What is up, my dude? That went low energy really fast. <laughs> oh, good. What's up? We are in opposites of last episode when we were like, <laughs> Should we? No. Should we? Let's... I keep forgetting we're recording. <laughs> you forget we're recording? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> Well, people must know how you are. This is who we really this are. This is the third web episode we mentioned that we record, and no one's ever seen any footage because we fucked it up, all of it. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I swear I pushed the, the record button. Yeah, the, the first one, I only had my camera up there and we filled every, everything. And why didn't we do anything with that? I think, oh, I couldn't render it properly with the yeah. shitty software I was using. And then the second episode, someone who shall re be remained unnamed. Unmentioned. <laughs> forgot to hit record for an hour i had to record mm. i swear to god your I phone did. disagrees i love how you went into like the sd card options and things like no no it has to be here it, it saves in a weird place there. i'm like you you tested it and i can see it it's there if you would have recorded it it would have been in this like next to it i in the saw gallery. the button turning into a square and the counter starting <laughs> oh really yeah i did oh okay we'll see I'm I'm really hoping it's not a thing. It's we it went for too long and it didn't store. Yeah, exactly. We'll see right now because right now it's definitely recording. Mm. I'm, I've checked it. Double checked. Yeah, it, I triple checked, checked it as it. well. Mine's probably. It's Mike approved also. I think it's. This is my recording. It was. Can you tell? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right. The red counter Hi. and it's going. Yeah, and we have two new extra thingamajiggies that you see behind me and behind him. Do they fit? I, I uh, think you can, can see yours. Yeah, check it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can see yours. Those thingamajiggies. Thingamajiggies. The I keep wanting to say memory foam. It's not memory foam. It's phonoabsorbent uh, foam. Are you that tired? You're already thinking of bed. <laughs> what? Are you that tired? Already thinking <sighs> of bed. Oh yeah. Godless. Oh, we just had pizza. Whew, how's everyone else do doing out there? In the everybody fine. Everybody good. Big wide world. <laughs> Nobody's what have you been up to, my dude? Well, since we've last spoken, mm. not much. True. We should have more guests in here. We need to bring some more guests. <laughs> the only problem is we, we tried recording, and we failed, but we tried. It was an honest effort. And we didn't want to do that with, with guests. And we have, like, another two more weeks before I leave, unless we pump up the volume and bring guests beforehand and pre-record yeah. everything we'll see yeah i don't know i have a couple of options we're gonna bring we're gonna bring guests this is one this will not be a guest list uh season. season yeah no definitely we have a list it's just that most of the people that we have now are people that we can get in only remote and that's it's not the best it's not my favorite thing to do I much rather bring people into my house. Be like, look, we decorated this place almost in process. Well, it is, and it uh, is decorated. it's it's just, it's different. The experience is different. Not not to say that we didn't appreciate the people we had um, online. Yeah, but it just feels too much like a Zoom call. Yeah, exactly. Whilst while you're here, it feels like we're having a thing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we can drink alcohol, which we are not drinking. We're drinking tea. We're drinking chamomile and anti-stress and something else tea in our cool uh tangents mugs well me which you have because mine's which, back home yeah yours is home such good christian boys that we are <laughs> drinking tea yeah exactly and going to bed early because we're always tired not yeah so speaking about cars um <laughs> No, we we said we we made a pack. We're not gonna do that I know. again. I just fixed my bike today. Well, he... <laughs> classic. 
Is it fine? Yeah, you're good. Okay, so that's his um, bike, that which is fixed. You say that. You say that. But I we, proved that. We have no way of promising that this video will also not be up like the other two. Okay, the bike is missing a wheel. Yeah, it's missing the front wheel. Well, the front wheel is in the other room. Uh, the, 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 it was... The bike just suddenly was punctured by me doing nothing. Such a pointy personality. Yeah, I know. So we, what, we, I, I changed the tire on the inside, the inside of the tire thing. Don't look at me. I don't know. You're the one who fixed it. Honestly. Yeah. And then I just, I didn't ride it. I just sat it there. And then a week later, I was like, I'm going to be short on my bike. And it was completely deflated. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I didn't, what? What the hell? And that was last year. <laughs> And I haven't touched my bike since, except to move it around the house. And today I thought that uh, I should I should probably go and fix it, get it fixed so I can ride more because it's getting sunnier. Well, not today. It snowed today. It fucking snowed. Where the fuck do you live? How do you, what do you mean it snowed? It was snowing. It was what, snowing. When I was coming back with my fixed wheel to the office from the bike shop, it was snowing. Like really tiny, but it was definitely snow. Okay. Yeah, I've not seen it. I was in I was in home, April. closed from the world. Yeah, um, talking my mouth off. Yeah, in meetings, I did because we had a discussion about this. Because you were sending me memes, and so I'm telling you, <laughs> wait, hold up, I'm in That's the call. That's my work. I'll have I'll look at it, and I'll get back to you. And you yeah, didn't get no it. Pressure. No, did I send you memes? I sent you shit about the ongoing war in Ukraine, and about Joe Rogan. No, it was with Rogan, and then you sent me the Naruto Cross Adventure oh, Time yeah. thing. That was cool. That was that was cool. That was pretty cool. But the thing I'm saying here is that <laughs> when I'm in a meeting, I'm sending you. I'm in a meeting. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot look at memes. All that. Or you could just not answer, and then I'll be like, "Oh, he's probably busy." Well, as you are in a meeting, and you're, like, oh yeah, send me memes. I have nothing to do. <laughs> uh, you know, I miss those meetings. By the way, I love the meetings. I, I didn't a, have to say anything again. I had a two-hour meeting, which my contribution was high, and then. Two hours My later. name is. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And then two hours later, bye. <laughs> completely lifeless. Just, nah, I don't want to do anything anymore. <laughs> well, as I had to be the parent, the adult in the room. The, oh, I mean, the all right. Mm-hmm. I always hate when that happens. And for some reason, I'm always the one who takes initiative. And then I always hate that I do that. I have the same issue. I have the same problem with that I always take initiative. I know exactly. I'm yeah, I'm always the one biting the pillow. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I hate it when that happens. When you're with a group of people, whether it's work or anything else, and um, people are like, oh, let's do this thing. And you're like, cool. And then you're kind of waiting for someone to do something or say something in that direction. And you're like, and then no one does. And everyone's kind of just waiting for someone else to take initiative. But it always looks, is this just me or does it always look like the other people feel much more comfortable in waiting for someone else to take the initiative than, than you are? It definitely feels like that. It feels like that, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's like the thing. Because you you're like, like, come on, someone do some fucking, oh, it's like God, I have to take initiative again. It's just like awkward silence. Yeah, exactly. It feels and awkward for like, both parties, but somebody at some point will crack earlier. And I'm the one who cracks earlier. Same. Guilty as charged. I don't know why. Then there's two things about it. I, I never understood it. Hmm. To one extent, I'm kind of proud of myself and I like doing this and taking initiative and whatever, yeah. being the grown up. Yeah. But I so like to complain about it. And I'm always with the, <laughs> that mentality of why does it always have to be me? Yeah. Same. Same. I get frustrated. And people have told me of like to have a more positive mindset. And I'm like, I know. I know that what I'm doing is amazing, that I'm taking initiative. But just once, I wish someone else would. Just once, I want to be a pawn, not a king or a, some, a rook or something else. I don't know why I made a chess reference there. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, do. I just want to be the guy that is like, all right, I'll do whatever you tell me. Just once. No, I always have to be the one being like, all right, everyone, fucking. Get off your asses. Yeah, We're doing something. Exactly. What Let's, the fuck is that? What? This urge of just making fucking order out of chaos. All right, Jordan Peterson. Ah, you got it. I got it. I'm thinking that, that 
I'm, I'm, I know so that you're going to take this, this discussion in that direction. So then say, why not from the yeah, get-go? Exactly. So is that just the thing? Like you see, there's a, a, I don't know, something is missing. Something's a foot, but you have to fix it. But I just want to say, why, where does this initiative come from? Because it's not willingly. It's not like you have a vision and you want to, you see. Yeah, it's not like you came you up with the idea it. and you're like, look, guys, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to, yeah, let's do it. No, it's more like, it's usually someone else. Who comes up with the idea and then they just flop? Or they, they just came up with the idea and then that's it. Like their energy level is depleted. Yeah, I th- <laughs> like so that's all. That's all my contribution. Just for instance, where today, I mean, it started from last week, but let's say just today, mm-hmm. it's it just got it to annoy me very much because I cannot plan myself around everything because nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, and, and I need to be able to plan because I have shit I want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something to do with it. They were like. The word navigator just popped in my head. Navigator, as in yeah, because like, like GPS we, or yeah, or like a pirate or whatever. Because like you, you want to, you need to navigate for your own life or make you know plans around shit that other people's responsible for. But yeah. but the people who are responsible for it aren't responsible as like I a see, character yeah. trait. So then you get annoyed because you need assurance of things that don't um that sort of you're not responsible for you're not in charge of you need assurance that they're going to happen and you see someone who's you can't give you that assurance you you want to fucking take take the lead oh maybe could be i don't know is that even a thing is that like a psychological trait or some shit it should be i mean just taking initiative and assuming responsibility for anything i guess it should be or either a psychological thing or at least a character trait I mean, you should know. I'm, I'm still waiting for the part when you're going to mention Jordan Peterson when he says no, you, I don't you should know take any. responsibility for some Yeah, but it's shit. like take your responsibility for your own life. But, well, to some extent, choices, it is. You're, you're, you chose to be in that. Well, to some extent, you chose to be in that place. Get, we're talking about work. We, ye- we only half chose whatever we're doing at work. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Like, we complain about it a lot because we wish someone else would take the initiative but at the same time it is what sort of propels us through the career chain because we keep doing that because we keep getting involved in stuff and doing more and demanding more and asking for more because we see sort of not failure around us but like indolence and people not caring we see that around us so we're like fuck it i don't want to live for that i want to make order out of the chaos i'm thinking i'm actually thinking there's a the the it's satisfying to see that things get structured. Yeah. Because I've seen that even while coding. How much has it been has since we had a podcast when we talked about coding? <laughs> but I, oh, I, wow. I remember like maybe about a month or two, or two ago, I had to do this. Like there was a huge redesigning of shit. Hmm. And it was very messy because I need to change a lot of things and I need to figure out how things work. Yeah, and I, I had like the. It's almost, a whole process. It's a whole process, but it wasn't a meticulous step by step process. It was if I, if this process were a desk, my desk would have been full of papers, junks, and even cheese for some weird reason, mm. right? And then just putting everything <laughs> in the place. <laughs> oh, you'll get the cheese. Oh shit! Oh boy, <laughs> my butt! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but getting everything eventually. Because it turned into chaos without mm. any sort of uh, metaphor and, or deeper meaning. It was just chaos. What was there? If somebody was to came come in there and just take it from you, they would like fuck this shit. Mm. And eventually, when everything starts filling in and uh, point A connects to point B, C connects to point E, you're like like it's satisfying. You like it's like mm, smooth, nice. It's exactly how I want it to be. But that's easy because it's 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 something you're working on. Mm-hmm. When you have to organize people, it's a bit more subtle, I guess. But I'm assuming it's the same driver and the same satisfaction that comes out of it. Also, the immediate benefits. I'm wondering if this is something specific to what we do for like software development. I don't think so. Not necessarily, because some of some of the times I'm saying about taking initiative, it's not just developing. It's people management, is organiz- organizing, planning. Well, just management in a whole. But yeah, also but isn't that still born to... from the same thing, from the same idea? Because, like, <sighs> this is something that I've been confronting with since, like, November, right? Since the thing happened. It's it's the human side of it all, right? And 
code is like the last 10, 20% of anything you do in software development. It's like the, it's hard, but it's the easiest hard thing once you have some experience with it it's just yeah it's just going like, through the motion, right read the documentation implement, implement the apis and you're done you're not going to reinvent the wheel most of the time you're coding it's the other shit that's hard right so you could boil that down to problem solving so that's what i'm talking about because yeah if okay, you become a good developer you become a good problem solver more than code code is just a tool that you use to solve problems so throughout your career, you train yourself beyond writing code. You train yourself to solve problems. So maybe that's why we have this pattern of we see a problem, we identify it, we need to solve it. True, but still, even in... You have coders and programmers that don't. True. Right? I, that's what I'm saying. It's more of a, a personal character trait. Because it could be... Yeah. It could be, let's say, somebody... We have, I don't know, difficult task and somebody just picks up fix it up and say we're going to do it like this and i have an idea and whatever but it could also be who's going to present this to a client who's going to talk about it who's going to i don't know research whatever it's it's more it's than usually just, you or me it's usually it's you people me. like you or me you uh, are uh, you and my, you and i you or i whatever me and you i and you i don't know i owe you what you owe me <laughs> no yeah uh, yeah well maybe that's why we have a podcast Ugh, it's just, I just, you just made me think of like a million other nameless coders that I've never met who started podcasts and they're probably about code and that's just boring. Well, it depends. Some people. Let me talk about this, about how I started listening to podcasts and it, it start it was actually with coding podcasts. I think you mentioned this, but yeah, go along. No, it's just, it's a tangential podcast. I just remember that like I used to listen to like three different Haskell podcasts. Why on earth would you do that? Because I love Haskell. Because I love functional programming. My favorite subject in university was functional programming. Shout out to Ross Patterson. You're my dude. Uh, he was my <laughs> functional programming teacher. He's a fucking amazing. He wrote some very important research papers. Okay. Yeah, that set like the fundament for some modern techniques of coding or some shit. Yeah. I'm somewhat impressed. You should know yeah, better. Pretty, but I'm I fucking I knew when we worked together because that's when I found him, like years after I finished uni, and I'm like, oh my god, my teacher was cool. Um, but uh, and I was always fascinated with that, and it's probably the fact that it was never, it's not really used ever in production systems that made it more inspiring for me because I keep always going against the screen, a stream, scream. I always <laughs> go, scream. Yeah, I always go. I always go against the. It makes um, sense. If somebody's screaming that way, you run the other way. Yeah, exactly. You're like, nope, fuck life. that shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I always go against the stream, uh, like the mainstream or anything. So when, you know... You're a hipster, whatever you do, we get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So Haskell and Elixir and Erlang and stuff like that was always fascinating to me because it's like, oh, you don't see this. For, to all the, I don't know, five or six girls out there listening to us, we're sorry for this. Go on. I know a lot of girl coders. <laughs> We're talking about programming languages and how most of the shit that you would see in production, a.k.a. in actual apps that you use. And we're talking about how those apps are written in what, like, at most three, four popular programming languages. That's a safe assumption. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, and then but there are many programming languages because everyone can make their own fucking programming language. And some of them are cool, and some of them are funny. Yeah, some there's of them, one called Pony. Yeah, there's one called C plus equals or something like that. Really? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a feminist C plus plus. Really? <laughs> yes. I remember. I, I saw the GitHub for that. Yeah, I think it's C plus equals or some shit like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I I still don't know to this day if it was an ironic thing or a actual language that someone made but it was weird yeah oh there's also the one uh what, brain fuck is it called the I one mind fuck or brain fuck but i think it was brain fuck yeah the one that's just symbols it's just ju pluses, just equals spaces gibberish commas. yeah exactly it's just symbols it's no no words no letters no, it's just and people can actually write code in that there are people who write code not like for money or anything but there are people who do that for fun and can do it, and they te teach themselves how to code like that. And that's just just recently, somebody insane. sent me like 
I'm not sure what it's a meme, it's a picture, it's a joke, whatever it is. It's just a, an image full of uh, uh, high-level maths equations. Oh, my God. And the text around it says, I cannot believe a couple of years ago my brain understood that. Yeah. I have. You know what? That's a good tangent. I have that problem. You have that problem. Yeah. I'm when looking did at... you have to do different differential uh, integrals? Different? Yeah, I think. What's it called? Triple in integrals. What's it called? Differential equations. Differential equations, yeah. When did you have to do that? Did you... Did what, you like recently to... in real life? Yeah. Never, but like I come across it on the internet and I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, and it's usually memes. It's usually like, oh, it's like what you said. And then I'm like, ha ha ha, yeah, when did we? And then I look at it and I'm like, but I did know how to solve that. And now I'm looking at it and I don't even remember anything about it. Well, we had uh, professors in university said that if, if by the end of fourth year you still remember how to derivate functions, which is a thing you learn in 12th grade, yeah. mind you, you're, you're, you're on good terms. Jesus. No, man, I forgot all of that a long time ago. I have an idea of how it was supposed to work. Maybe one or two rules, but that's it. No. And I have my, like, uh, 11th and 12th grade uh, math manual books, textbooks. I have them here in my house because I found them in my, my old, where I, like, where I grew up. And I was like, I want to take these. And at some point, I'll invest some free time to go through it and remind myself because they're useful because they're, like, brain enhancing and fascinating and it's cool to know to like wire not to know them like knowledge know them but just like to wire your brain to understand how to solve those complex equations and shit and i never fucking opened them. just 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 log in into khan academy <laughs> man that was the one i used to understand all of this mumbo jumbo really yeah because oh. i was bad at maths at higher level maths at least Maths is hard. Maths, it is hard. It's harder than me, <laughs> usually. <laughs> yeah, just to take that. And if you want, I can I can recommend a couple of uh, YouTube channels that will go into oh, cosmology. You stupid YouTube channels. And a lot of high-level, <laughs> high deep physics that nobody can actually understand, but it's good. Astrophysics for people in a... In a a what? A, so, what? So they're... No, what did you say? Mental masturbation? Mental masturbation, yeah. <laughs> a lot of good, a, a huge amount of uh, physics, mm -hmm. like really complicated physics. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes sense when you hear the guy talking about it, but you understand, you know you understand nothing. Right. It helps you with nothing to actually look at it and see it because yeah. you'll forget most of it afterwards. But it just, while you're looking at the 20 minutes video, it's just mental masturbation. <laughs> you think you're doing something well for your head. Yeah, that's what made me, that's reminded me of that book, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, right? By Neil deGrasse Tyson, was it? I read it, yeah. You re oh, I do remember you read it. What was it like? That's a good one. It, it really distills everything into really? more of a layman terms. You can actually understand that if you have some basic high school knowledge of hmm. sciences. Okay, that's useful. I mean, if, you, if you're into this kind of shit, it's just like differential equations. You're never going to use it in your life. But yeah. it, is a, it is a nice book, and it, it takes you from the beginning of the universe, explains you how everything got started, what happened in the couple of seconds right after the Big Bang. And everything. Oh, really? Yeah, it starts from there. God, religious people should read that. Uh, well, <laughs> they would say you should read the Bible. Well, you should read the Bible. But you should Have also you? read that. No, I haven't. <laughs> See my point? I want to read it. I had a couple of times when I said I, I should read it, but I never get into it. because I read the Apocalypse, the last chapter. Such because I was I was an edgy teenager and I read edgy. it. It's really cool. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's like hardcore in depth human suffering prediction and like it's gonna be like this and it's gonna have this is gonna happen. And I'm like, whoa, that's fucked up. It's really like the the four horsemen and all that. That's hardcore in depth described there and how it's gonna happen and the reds the the sky's gonna be boiling red or some shit like blood and the, the earth's gonna quake and everything's gonna be doomed and it's like oh yeah that's fucking awesome <laughs> that's cool very metal metal yeah, metal very uh jack black <laughs> <laughs> we need to book our tickets yeah <laughs> for the apocalypse what was it i read i can't remember what it's called i think it's qed or some shit it's uh what? Um, Richard Feynman's book about quantum physics. 
QED. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's something like I can't remember. It's like a tiny booklet, and it's a boiled down version of his uh, quantum physics uh, class, like university class, mm-hmm. and it's like twelve chapters or eleven chapters. I mean, there are in a, in a university semester. Uh, and the first two are sort of like that, like you described, it talks you from a very high level of like, oh, okay, I get this. And then the third one just goes fucking bananas. Yeah. When you see the Schrodinger equation, you're like, I'm out. No, I'm it just, starts, yeah. it starts enumerate. It's like the Bible. It starts enumerating like a million different fucking bosons or whatever. You know, the Higgs boson. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And then it's, it's so weird. Cause like, I'm thinking of parallels in my head now with religion and shit. Cause generally christians and people who are obsessed about religion they 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 have like an absolute version of the truth right they're like no god made it and that's the answer and the book is the answer and this is the absolute truth and that and this and that whereas and a lot of the reasons why they hate because like i have neo-protestants in my family right uh close family uh, and we've talked. Well, Dave talked about this because I was just like, oh, 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 I don't, I don't, oh, I don't want to talk about this. But okay, whatever. So they just rambled on about like, oh, but how can you say that the universe was nothing and then nothing turned into something? And like, uh, the more elegant answer is that there was a god. And I'm like, all right, well, who made God? Or you know, you know the the classic. I know, I know the, anyway, I know the dance. Yeah, but the thing is that. It's so interesting when you read a book like that, like Richard Feynman's book, and you sort of, when you're young, you believe, like, you know, you're told that, like, the atom is the fundamental element, and that's where it begins. And it looks like this. Yeah, exactly. Which it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. And then you go in high, into high school or whatever, and you're like, well, actually, the, what, the protons are made out of these bosons and the whatever. They're quarks and whatever. Exactly. Quark, that's the word. The quarks and shit like that. And they're actually more elements that make up that thing. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you read this book, and it ju- it's like the Bible when it describes the families, like this Abraham family and this family and that family and whatever. It's the fucking same thing. There are like so many of them, and s- the names are so stupid because they didn't expect to find them, so they just named them random shit. It's like the dark matter, right? Dark matter is not dark, right? So the- is it dark matter, I think? Because it's not matter, right? It's like antimatter or some shit. Okay, so the no, and the name is confusing. The, the basic thing, or what was it? The basic explanation for dark matter is, if you look at the universe, so where right. where can we observe of it? We can identify, I don't, know, the the gravity forces that's around it, right? Mm-hmm. And from the objects that we can actually see, like stars, planets, comets, whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't add up enough. To accumulate to account oh, for right. everything so else, thing that we don't. so we assume there's some other mat other matter out there that we cannot see or perceive in any way, and we just call it dark matter because we don't exactly. know what it is. But it's not dark. It's not even matter. It's just a, a force that exactly. we cannot explain. Exactly. Exactly. So this this the same thing here. It's like they didn't fucking know what it was. They just named it random stupid shit. And he says in the book, it's like yeah. We are sorry for naming them like that. We just didn't. On behalf of my, <laughs> my of colleagues. the science yeah, exactly. people. The community, yeah. Okay, so there's two things I want to recommend here mm-hmm. about this. There is one website somewhere out there in the interwebs. It's, I cannot for the life of me remember. It might be hidden one of my bookmarks very deep. Okay. But if you look for um, quantum physics without maths. Oh, I've heard of that. Like, it's just a page. It's like it has... It's it's a website that but has three pages, like a th- uh, three-part article, right. not, not that long of an article, mm-hmm. and it explains how everything works and why it's so uncertain, and we don't know when you have the whole Schrodinger cats thing and how it actually looks <laughs> okay. like. That's one. The other one is uh, you said about Feynman's um, book. Yeah. Wait, small tangent beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so few people I I know to this day that actually still remember what QED means. That's like I think for me, and uh, that's the Qua ultimate something at the demonstration. Q era the demonstration. So what, that's what was supposed to be demonstrated? Yeah, exactly. And you learned this, I think at least I learned this in geometry, in middle school. And you were supposed, whenever you have a demonstration or a proof that you have to make, at the end of it, you just sign it with QED or the Romanian version, which was CCTD. Yeah. I've never saw the Romanian one. Yeah, CCTD. And I would always do it as a joke for my for my own self. I've always put QED at the end of every math problem. Really? Ever. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking nerd. I know. You're okay. such a nerd. Tangent aside. Right. There's this book. 
a friend of mine, Andrei, because you know mm-hmm, Andrei, mm-hmm. the one with the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, he bought me this book for my birthday at some point a couple of years back. He took it by complete mistake. <laughs> and it's your favorite book. It's not. We already talked about which is my favorite book, which for oh, which yeah, now I have mixed feelings. We can get into that. Uh, but this book, it's it's called The Quantum Momentum. Okay. It's in Romanian. It's Momentul Quantic, but I'm assuming it's mom- the Quantum mo- Momentum. Moment? Not moment. Momentum. I don't uh, think we have a, a okay. thing. Like It could have been Elan. I don't okay, so. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Either the Quantum Moment Inertia. or the Quantum Momentum. <laughs> yeah. The reason he bought this book is because on the on the on the back on the back cover it said something about quantum physics and Lady Gaga, and she he just decided he's he was like, buy "Yep, this. this is good for this Kaleem. is the one." <laughs> really good book, by the way. Okay. The the, the thing about this book is it explains how quantum physics got developed. So from the whole historical standpoint, mm-hmm. I mean, it goes a bit back with Newton and everything. It just gives you a brief history of how physics was developed. Right. Yeah. And everything that it impacted, it was that's so much more interesting than high school ever that's... presented it to be. Wow. Yeah, that does sound interesting, actually. And it just presents every, uh, how it came up, because it was a complete mistake. Mm-hmm. It was an accident, not a complete mistake, but it was, mm-hmm. it was somewhat discovered by accident. But I cannot remember the name, but the guy was doing experiments on light. Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I forgot his name. Um, I might, I might prepare if we decide we want to do an in-depth podcast about this. But okay, then it goes with every, everything that was discovered. He, he brings Einstein in the in the loop. Everybody else, Heidelberg, Schrödinger, mm-hmm. everybody else. And aside from all of the technical part of the quantum physics th- thing, it also describes how media picked on it and tried to integrate it in everything else. Mm-hmm. So we would have quantum uh, prefixed around anything just to sound uh, more hip. impressive. Exactly, hip. Right. Although it had nothing to do with quantum because quanta, the Latin word, just means a small part of something. Mm-hmm. And we use quantum something like, like the big thing. Like the, whoa, quantum cola. <laughs> that's fallout. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's one. And then also all the appearances in media like um, there was that documentary I never saw. What the bleep or what the bleep do we know? I heard about it. And everybody explaining uh, spiritual shit and whatever with quantum physics. Okay. Which is completely misinterpreted. Misinterpreted, but it kind of feels like it makes sense, but it actually mm. doesn't if you boil it down to the science. Right. So that's the whole book. I think that's the one that I, I've grounded all my quantum shit that I ever talked about and I ever knew. Hmm. Thank you, Andre. It's a very good book. God, you reminded me of something and I forgot what it was. Oh, yeah. Like the obsession in the, what, super late 1800s with uh, atomic shit? With nuclear stuff. With the radium and shit like that. Detail. I don't know. Something like Marie Curie and like that era, what, like late 1800s, right? Everyone was obsessed about the, the, the fact that they found like radium and uranium and or whatever the the the, the, the radiation shit right. and it, it was very fashionable to it was like included in everything it's like try this new plutonium lipstick it's good for you because it's made with plutonium and then people are like oh sweet and then people are just dying of cancer <laughs> everywhere that precisely that sounds the cancer i guess yeah yeah it was a thing that's so incredible there was a thing and people were like marketing so heavily about like this is the new thing it contains radium it's good for you because it's radioactive and be like whoa radioactive and then they'd buy it and then they'd fucking die well yeah but they get blisters and shit and let's not forget there was a a time people were used to smoke on a plane (laughs) there was there was and i i've i've sat next in the lobby and i mean waiting whatever you have before the gate until you board the plane I've sat next to somebody who said he was in, in those planes, was reading newspaper and smoking cigars in the plane. Like, well, I mean, they go on a private jet or some shit. No, not like a private, like a commercial jet, but it was like 40 years, 50 years uh, ago. The guy was uh, really old. Not really old, but old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my naive mind when I boarded a plane on the, the first time, I was looking at like, don't smoke. And I'm like, hmm, that means that there are some planes that you can smoke if this one you can't, right? Hmm. <laughs> Hipster from a young age. Well, I 
went on my first plane trip uh when I was 20 when I went 20. to London. Okay. Yeah. Mine was I think I was somewhere 7th grade that's probably wow. 12 or 13, 12, 13 yeah. somewhere like that. Damn. Nice. Ironically, my first time was also my dad's first time. But I was 20 and he was 40. <laughs> or some shit like that. Well, I think my first time was yeah. also my parents' first time if if I'm I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so it, it works like that. Yeah, I mean, Eastern Europe what you gonna do? Well, I mean, not. Re- I mean, my mom went on on a lot of air, uh, pl- like plane flights and whatever to Bucharest. Back the Bucharest in, airport is so bad. Back in the olden day, the Bucharest airport Ever is the only there? airport. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Is the only air- you know if you have connecting flights. Yeah. Once you pass the what's it called the security security, <laughs> you don't have to pass security again. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where they touch you. Yeah, I'm doing where this. Where they get all private with you, with your private. This always happens to me when I when I fly to Germany, from Germany. You fucking terrorist! I know. So if you, if you uh, boarded up, uh, you pass security once, and then you have a connection connecting flight, you don't need to go to security once again. If you yeah, have a connecting flight in Bucharest, yeah, you have true. to. What? <laughs> Shit, you not? I had to. Really? I don't remember where I was going and how what it was what, but I know I landed in Bucharest. And I got out, and I went to the end of the line because it's easy. Just follow the signs. And I saw I was in front of the queue for security. And I'm like, this this cannot be right. And I'm turning around, and I, I found a guy who was working there. He had the whole airport uniform and everything. And I'm saying, excuse me, sir. Can I have more, please? <laughs> Can I have a less perquisition, please? Yeah. <laughs> less body check. Perquisition. Perquisition. <laughs> I don't know, I like the oh, the um, word just from in my head. I, I needed to put it out. I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but it just sounded good. Yeah. But I asked him, though, is, is this where I'm supposed to go? I'm like, yeah, but like, I've been once in the other airport. Do I really need to? Like, yeah, you have to. Like. You are in Romania, kid. Get back in line. Somebody explained it was since it's an old airport and was I think was built during the communist era or something. They never planned for it to be like such a big like a big hub to have connecting flights and whatever. So they only do it like did it like this. Oh no, we are a capital of a country. Who would have thought we'd have connecting flights to anywhere? What the fuck? I don't know. People are bad at this. See, people I... are bad at planning. We're going back to the beginning of the episode. People are fucking bad at planning ahead and taking responsibility their actions and decisions uh, i guess <laughs> we're going full circle ladies and gentlemen full circle <laughs> have you ever drank on a plane uh drank, oh my god did i ever tell the story about the first time i was on a plane and that jewish guy got really with tattoos on his fingers got really drunk and started threatening the guy next to me and i was in the middle between a guy yelling and a guy <laughs> calling Fuck the police. no please go ahead Oh, have I never told you this? I've told I, you this. I don't know. I'm trying to picture a drunk guy with tattoos on his fingers and I nothing comes up. So go ahead. Knock yourself out. <sighs> it was that first time when we were on a plane. It was when my me and my parents went to London for the first time for me to move there to start university. And there was this very friendly, long-haired, sort of buffed guy with tattoos on his fingers. The only reason I say Jewish is because he told me he's Jewish like no context he was like yeah i'm jewish and i'm like all right cool, just, good for you he just <laughs> looked at you in your innocent side and say i'm jewish yeah and then said nothing <laughs> <laughs> well uh yeah and then he started just being super friendly with me and i'm like ha, 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 all right cool and then he had some oh god this sounds so creepy he handed he had some like candy like chewing candy things uh, that was like licorice but softer. Um, okay. Th- yeah, it was like a gummy bear but less rigid, more chewy. I know. Of, more dissolvy, okay. yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he said, like, oh, this is a, like a thing that's special, like a plant thing that it's for chewing. So you're like, your ears pop so you don't pressure your brain when you're going, you know, when you sort of the pressure increases as you're going with the plane up uh, in the I know, air. I know, but why it's not normal, regular-ass gum? Yeah, it was in, like, it was, like, in a wrap, like, a weird, like, trans-see-through, like, plastic wrapper thing, like, in a punga. In a punga. Yeah, man, it was, it was so fucking weird, and it was like, all right, and he was like, have some, come on, they'll help you, and I'm like, oh, okay, 
man giving me weird unlabeled candy on a plane that I've never met. And I'm chewing it and it tasted fine. And I was chewing it and it did help me with the, like the popping in the ears and shit. Uh, but then he kept ordering more and more beers, <laughs> more and more beers. I think he had like six or seven beers on like a what? Three hour three flight. Hour flight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he got pretty drunk, popped uh, up his yeah, laptop. Men, men was on a mission. Yeah. Popped up his, he started telling me that he's going to, uh, he was going to be like a security guard at a kindergarten there or some shit. And I'm like, wow, that's what? Okay. That's not the kind of security guard I'd picture at a kindergarten. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, not to be biased or anything, but then he did pop up his laptop and started putting vacanza mare. <laughs> loud, no loud, head, no headphones. <laughs> uh, he started putting up vacanza mare, which is what the equivalent American equivalent of what of oh shit, uh, or the British equivalent or something international of like your generic. 80s comedy show that it's, everyone in the country knew about. It's not even the the Bondi family. It's oh yeah. Uh, what could it be? It's like the Romanian. It's not even well, yeah, because it's not scripted. It's just a guy doing a bunch of guys doing like stand up skits together. It's not like improv stand up. Uh, it's more like improv skits. Like it's like theater, but funny. But it, it's kind of stand up y. There was uh, Romanian 90s uh, Vine. <laughs> basically yeah yeah kind of it was like the the, the 80s and 90s Chappelle or some shit I yeah mean, they were quite successful they were they were nationally known everywhere i don't like, think they were everyone waited for vacanza to be on tv yeah. well no they were very they were very potty mouth very potty mouth yeah i remember so the guy was putting up that loud on his laptop and i'm just like god i just this is horrible the, pl- the flight was delayed for like two or three hours, so I, we were just sitting there, and then by the time we got on the plane, uh, which took off like two or three hours later, we were fucking tired. It was like three in the morning or so some wait, shit. So wait, he was drinking in the airport? No, 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 no. I'm j- this is like backstory. Okay, okay, okay. We, we had to, the, the train got delayed for like two or three hours before we boarded it, and then we boarded it, and then I met the guy. Uh, and then I was, re- I just wanted to sleep and he was putting this loud shit and the, the, gu- so I was in the middle, right? And the, the, this dude was on my right next to the lane. And then there was another guy who was very quiet on my left towards the window. Um, and then at some point this guy got really loud and was like, ah, check this out. Look, 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 ah, look at this. Ah, look, it's so funny. Ah, come on, laugh. And I'm like, ah, all right. Oh, oh my God. Fuck my life. <laughs> And then the guy to my left started being, I, I could hear him like in a very British way being like, talking, talking, you know, like under his breath. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then at some point he's like, um, excuse me, could you please keep it down? You're bothering other people. And that's when all hell broke. Oh my God. Yeah. The, the guy on my right was like, what? What the fuck? Oh, you think you're cool and British now? And in the airport, you were talking Romanian, and now suddenly you forgot that you're Romanian. And I didn't fucking know. I didn't hear him. I, you know, yeah. Presumably, he would have spoken to him in Romanian in the airport, and now he's talking in British. And the guy got pissed off that he was like telling him to shut up, uh, in in English. And he was like, "What? You forgot Romanian? What the fuck, man? You think you're better than me and shit like that?" And the guy on my right was like leaning in in front of me to yell at the guy to my left, and I was just kind of like. My neck popped up back, like my head propped back, and I'm like, all right, here we go. And I'm like, just please don't start throwing th- fists accidentally in my direction. Um, and it, and it, it, this was on Wizz Air, right? Where right. at that time... It could only, only be on Wizz Air. Yeah. At that time, or I don't know if that's still a case now, you couldn't select your seats. You just got random seats. So, like, my mom was somewhere else and my dad was somewhere else. And I could see... No, my dad, like, was like, in front of me, but, like, ten rows in front of me. And I could see him, like, turn around, look at me. And he did, like, a small thing, like, you know, with his head and eyes. And you're like, okay. And I was just looking at him, like... Oh, I think so. I, was I don't looking, know. Like, left and right. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I just kind of shrugged. And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, oh, okay. Because he was like... He he realized that it, it wasn't about me. Like, the, these two were arguing. And he was like, oh, oh you're fine. And I'm like help <laughs> somebody please but this was like so this happened right when we started circling london before landing so the guy to my lo- left just 
popped up his phone, turned it on, and called the police. Oh, shit. <laughs> he did. Oh, she did. By the time we landed, you know, I have to wait for them to bring, like, the, 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 stairs, the stairs on wheels yeah. things and stuff. And I could look down. And by the time the, the, the wheel, the stairs got there, the police was just kind of, like, lounging, chilling, waiting for people to board so they could just get him. <laughs> and he was, like, still, like, being all crazy and thrown, not thrown fists, but, like, you know, making a whole Make a scene tantrum, yeah. shit. Yeah, like a huge tantrum. And then he was like, oh, fucking I'll kill all of you and I'll kill everyone. I don't give a shit. Fuck you, man. I'll beat the shit out of all of you. And I was just like, oh, boy. And then they just escorted him down. The police was like, all right, Buster, come on. That was weird. That was a weird. <laughs> that was my first experience before London. <laughs> like, right. That was the. Should have known, started. Yeah. Should have known, man. Should have been like, you know what? Let's go back. Fuck this. <laughs> if this is what it's going to be like. No, it was great. But that was weird. It was weird. What was your question? If you ever drunk drink on a plane? Nah. I did it once. I think once, nah. maybe twice. But definitely once that I, I remember it cuz you hear this thing like if you drink on a plane you get drunk really fa- I've way heard, faster. I've heard that, yeah. Well, clearly the tattooed guy. Well, he had like seven beers in 3 hours so yeah, that was he still did. enough. Yeah, yeah. And tattoos on his knuckles, he was probably looking for he did. it. He did. Yeah. Uh, but usually I don't because I had to fly a lot for for work. Maybe I don't know three four times a year. I remember. I I do. I, I miss do. that. You know how <laughs> I realized this this weekend I'm gonna fly to Egypt and I'm gonna see an airport. And I'm like I'm gonna fucking see an airport again. I, why, this, why is this making me so happy? <laughs> I haven't seen an airport in two years. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> and not even that, but I'm gonna see a new airport. Hey. Two new airports because we are we are flying off of Cluj. So I have not hey. seen the Cluj airport, and I've not seen the the Egyptian one. Do you have any connecting flights? Uh, no, I don't think so. They have direct flights from Cluj to Egypt? Uh, yes, they do. Fuck off. We, that's have, cool. we have direct flights from Arad to Turkey. Yeah, that's fucking Turkey. Who cares, about, mean, Tur- <laughs> who cares about Turkey? What the fuck is there Everybody in Turkey? How many Romanians go on vacations I in Turkey? I know, and Italy, because that those are the only two destinations that Arad has connections to. Literally. Okay. I never knew that. Yeah, it's Turkey and Italy. Okay, so this one I usually never drink because I don't know. I when I go there, I I'm a bit anxious. That I need to get to a, my hotel. I'm not sure how I need to deal with people. Yeah, and you're going for work. And maybe shit, don't speak yeah. English. It could be on a Sunday or whatever. But I I usually don't just for to make sure that I get home safe, home whatever yeah, I need yeah, to get to safely. The hotel, yeah. And when I get back home, I just I don't care. Yeah, like, I just want to sleep. I just so want to be as cool, over yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. But it's once I'm just like, yo, what if? And not even that. I also got a for the. I think it was the only time in my life that I got a seat next to the the wing of the plane. Okay. And that has extra uh, leg room. Oh, that like special a, emergency. Exactly. Thing, yeah. Like a lot of, and then I was alone oh, in that whole you. thing. It was the plane was half empty. And so cool. yeah, and the planes we we take for work, we have the, like we have one meal, which is usually a half ass sam- sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always bad, but you take it and you eat it. But it's oh, always Lufthansa, bad. yeah, Lufthansa, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always it's, bad. It's, yeah, Because yeah. I've eaten both. They have a, a pastrami one and a cheese, cheese one. one. Yeah, and yeah. I had both like so many times. And, like it's it's always bad. Uh, yeah. And then they have like I think they go with the cart like I think two times during the flight, and they ask if you want something to drink, which is included in the ticket price. And I usually mm-hmm. go for water since I'm not drinking soda and anything else. And I don't want to risk spilling the hot tea on myself. So yeah. water is just enough. But it's one thing. I'm looking at the lady like with some, a bit of devilish glaze in my eyes. I'm like, can I have a glass of red wine, please? <laughs> devilish gaze. Wait, which I did. And you uh, slut. I know. <laughs> uh, and I drank it. I, I, wait, let me, let me th- remember one thing. There's three books I could have been reading at that point. Okay. It could have been Sapiens, which I oh, kind of doubted. Like, you don't remember which one you're reading? No, but okay. it's, it's one of three. It could have been... Um, Sapiens? Uh, Faces from Salvador Dali. Okay. Which I do not necessarily recommend. I didn't really like that. Maybe I didn't get it properly. I don't know. It's Dali. Or it could have been uh, um, 21 Lessons from... The 21th century. Which is also Harari. Which is also Harari. Right. I think it was one of these, but it's completely unrelated to the story. But at some point, I know I've paused the book. And for the next... 
I would say a good half an hour. I was just like really intensely pondering. If you were in the forest and you were to meet an alien, how would you proceed in this interaction? Like what were the steps they were doing? How did we get here, dude? Drinking on planes. What the fuck? I don't know. That's what happened. Hey, hey, did you drink on, on a plane? And get high. Yeah. It looks like I did. Because not once in my life did I drink and th- thought about aliens that deeply. Wow. I don't know what happened. It was fun. <laughs> I haven't thought about aliens since I was a kid. I had two major passions when I was a kid. When I was like really young. Dinosaurs Bigfoot, and aliens. Bigfoot and aliens. Good, good to meet you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was dinosaurs and aliens. But then I started having nightmares with aliens that were kidnapping my family. And then I dropped aliens and I only stuck with dinosaurs and I just kind of got bored of them. On a scale of one to ten, how, how much of a friend would you be with those aliens now? I mean, we could share a Snickers bar. I'd be fucking friends with them. Yeah, man. Did you see? Okay, so my feed has been full recently of alien stuff. But like of just because oh, I don't I don't read a lot of news. Uh. And I stopped watching Joe Rogan since he's on Spotify. Um, but I get like Instagram posts of like, oh, did you know? And shit like that. Like, did you know facts? And I get shit like, and, and videos as well. Like short compilations of like the whatever CIA recently released, uh, you know, documents saying that the aliens are real and they have over 50 species and blah, blah, blah. And shit like that. Yeah, it's, I know, right? But I keep seeing more and more of them and with like links to documents and proper shit. And I think at some point, I think Joe Rogan had that guy. He had a couple of them. Yeah, he had that one guy. Bob Lazar, probably. Yeah, that's the one. He I've had seen that, it. Yeah, he had that guy in and I followed it up for a little bit. And there are documents and shit. And it was like, well, we did experiments and stuff. But I saw recently one that like there are aliens and they live among us and they look like us. And what? What? That's I just no. That's come on. that's just one step away from reptilians overlords. So yeah, I'm I'm not I don't know what to say. That's the thing with the documents. If I remember correctly, was that uh, there's this camera footages from fighter jets, <laughs> and they see an object and they don't know what the object is. And the only I love thing... the memes about that. <laughs> I, the memes I, with the I cameras. I don't think I've seen the memes. The with memes the with like fucking your shitty fucking laptop, fucking super billion dollar hd graphics and then you're like your security footage camera which is like all pixels and shit and the same thing with that it's like come on they're they're fucking new age fucking fighter jets with all the latest shit equipped and they couldn't get an hd at least a 720p camera on it fuck off man fuck off have you ever have you saw that fuck off. there's a meme i think it's from musk from anybody from among everybody else but it was it was this chart that said uh, was plotting accuracy uh, or no quality of age of video yeah. cameras and alien appearances exactly i've seen it yeah i've seen it yeah that's just come on man they're fucking america they have like all these sophisticated shit especially for flight especially for flying stealth jets and all the shit and they couldn't put equip them with at least a seven like my fucking stupid ass laptop has a 720p fucking webcam come on man come on well, they have infrareds and visions and heat maps and, and they come on what the fuck what the fuck what the actual fuck seriously they had electric cars in like the fucking 50s or whatever and they couldn't fucking <sighs> okay well your normal 70 20 webcam <laughs> wouldn't catch anything on a fighter jet i'm just gonna say that <laughs> why not too fast they had stabilization and shit we have drones who fly really fast okay well not that fast but they're still fast and they can do like a panoramic view and stuff i'm guessing probably nobody been i have you no had idea children's what I... drone toys who film better than a fucking billion dollar fighter jet okay well what i'm saying is probably and i have i'm speaking out of my ass here but i don't think it makes sense to put cameras on planes on fighter jets that's why they have radars and all that cool shit. Yeah, I guess, but uh, I guess. But I don't know, because the only camera footage I saw from fighter jets is if the pilot has a GoPro, <laughs> right? And you see it from the cockpit. 
but not on the actual plane. Wow, that's such a Romanian bureaucratic thing. It's like we couldn't afford you had to bring your own from home. <laughs> <laughs> here's your new desk job, Mr. Bureaucrat, in paid by the government. Uh, here's your old 80s style laptop. Uh, by the way, we couldn't afford to bring your mouse, so you have to bring your own from home. That's That's what that sounds like. Do you remember the video footage of the astronaut who forgot to put an SD card in the camera? No, was that a... No. <laughs> you don't know that? No, what is That's that? That's a thing. That's a th- this is a real thing. There's like an astronaut who got onto the ISS and they gave him a GoPro. <laughs> and there's footage from like the, the ISS cameras and from his like head cam. <laughs> he's looking and he's like, uh, uh Houston, um... It says here SD, no SD or whatever. I don't know. I'm not sure what that means, but I can't. I can't turn it on. I can't film with it. And they're like, oh, you know, whatever they say. And like, oh, give us five minutes. We're gonna check it. And he's like, all right, all right. And they're waiting. He's like, um, what, what does the message say? And they're like, uh, SD need SD do something stupid. SD like, missing, no SD, probably, SD yeah. missing something. Like that. And he's like, all right, all right, give us one second. And they're like, like, yeah, you need you need an SD card into it. And it's like the guy took the GoPro from Earth and forgot to put an SD card into it on Earth. So it's not like yeah, he yeah, brought yeah. it with him and forgot to put it in before he went out. He just forgot the, to bring it from The SD card Earth. was back on Earth. <laughs> that was fucking funny. Oh my god. You're like, well, alright, I'll just go back inside. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Humans. What are you gonna do? Oh. Lessons learned. I'm guessing there's somewhere a document with lesson learned in, in NASA about putting SD hmm. cards. I wonder how many times a astronaut goes back into space once he comes back the first time. Do you know of any astronauts who went multiple times, like did multiple missions? Yeah, bro, I would say I've heard of definitely twice, maybe three times. I'm not sure if it's anything more than that because I've not heard it just from the tangential on one I've read, once uh, what I've read probably less than five times oh, okay because it's kind of difficult I mean I think I might be wrong here but I think Chris Hadfield went three times oh he did something like that yeah because the flights for NASA at least they don't fly as often as the SpaceX launches yeah well rockets or anything it's it's a rare thing there's uh, a really the tedious process you have to go through become an astronaut not after you're already an astronaut just yeah you have to be uh, prepared for a couple of years just for that flight you have to have a a senior astronaut that goes there some a newer one that has to learn so because they're so skinned they prefer someone who's already been and has all the experience they go and they oh they usually go in pairs at least two or three of them and there has to be one that knows that has to lead the mission and one that's newer that they actually have um, people have to get uh, actual experience so they can pass it on because oh, wow. knowledge transfer is really important in that uh, environment. And um, where, where was I going with this? Uh, yeah, Chris Hadfield. If you are scheduled for a flight, yeah, you are basically from that point on you're supposed to live in a uh, plastic bubble because whatever if anything happens to your fl- uh, your health, you're not going. So wow. you cannot go skiing. You cannot get sick. You cannot get anything. Holy shit. There's actually like very ner- nerve wracking stories about Chris Hadfield that he had to had a uh, surgery before going, uh, before Ooh. flying, and that was about to just put everything in jeopardy. Holy shit! The whole mission. Yeah, and if something happens to you if, and you cannot go anymore, they just put another guy. There's always a uh, somebody, what do you call it, a reserve astronaut that will go in your place. If you would get a phone call, yeah, right now, uh. And like from whatever, NASA, SpaceX, someone. SpaceX. Uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> I mean, either way. And they tell you, okay, uh, you've been selected or whatever to go to one-way trip to Mars. And they'll pay for all your training and everything. And they'll make sure that you will get there. Would you do it? <sighs> wow, I love how I'm thinking about it. Mine's just like, yes. Yes. Like, yep, I'll do it. I'll fuck everything. I'm going. So here's the thing. It really it sounds really good. Okay. You'll probably So it will be if it will if it were as romantic as you put it, probably yes. 
if we're to break it down how it will actually look like mm-hmm. i need to think about it because first and foremost you need to do like a, at least three or five years of training all right that's one. Second of all there's always a chance you don't make it could be you could die on, on on the journey you could, oh okay you could reach there and there's uh, a very specific um set of needs for a human body to survive over there and if something happens along the way, even if you're already on Mars, but some some cargo ship doesn't doesn't get there, oh, like there's the a plot to the Martian. Probably, I have not seen the Martian. <gasps> I know, I know. <laughs> Dude, you should read the book. So much better than the movie. I probably will. But here's here's one thing, and I think Musk himself said this one, this exact specific set of needs for a human body. If and if you fuck one up, for instance, vitamin C. You basically screwed everything. Oh yeah, didn't you talk about that on I, on Rogan about the pirates? Yeah, could be. Yeah, he did. Could be from there. I don't remember. Yeah. So that one. Was, and then there's this other thing that I there's a random thought I had at some point. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine wrote a short novel about it, the uh, sci-fi thing and uh, and Mars. Okay. Didn't know he had cool friends. I mean, he was supposed to be a few parts, a, a novel in several parts. Amazon had this like something like a thirty minute read book shit, and he wanted to go with that. I'm not sure if he oh, okay. ever pursued it further than that. It was really funny because I read it and gave him my honest feedback, and you could see along the book how his styling change just improves just from the oh the fact work of, the, of writing it. it. Yeah, so he had that one, but reading it, I have this idea, and I think it will be an interesting topic either for a book, a TV series, or whatever. I just need to pitch, pitch it to Netflix. <laughs> How it would look like if, for instance, you would have humans on Earth as we do, and then you have a colony on Mars, and you had something like maybe, let's say, 100 years a gap between them, or maybe more. Okay. What, like right. evolutional gap? Yeah, people... I mean, evolutional in some sense, because probably the human body wouldn't change that much, because we were trying to replicate... The evolutional from all points of view, like technological or whatever. Yeah, so just... One a hundred year passes or more, mm-hmm. and you have you have the people living on Mars. You have people living on Earth. They they somewhat completely evolve, let's say, in different directions. They diverge exactly, and then at some point, for That's some weird reason, plot of the expanse. And let me finish. I'm yeah, guessing because I've not seen that one either. Then you have people on Earth, and somehow you send them there, or mm-hmm. either way, or maybe both ways, and just look at the differences. Mm. how they would grow up and how these other ones would grow up. So, for instance, one idea that I, I was thinking of is, let's say if if you're on Mars, you probably have this, initially you have like an, how do you call it? Domes. Dome incubators, whatever, like SETA, I was thinking of. Domes. What's the word for SETA, though? Uh, SETA. Plantation. No. Hotbox. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Regardless, so just, just, let's just go with domes. All right. But let I, I'm assuming it farming has, domes. It has to be very um, uh, strong, the strongly the technology technologized, whatever word I'm looking for. What I'm saying is, it will probably look like a spaceship. Yeah. And these people would only li- live on this place that looks like a spaceship. Right. Spaceship. Yeah. Now, picture what will happen if you take this one of these people. They have been three generations on Mars, and you bring them back home on Earth, and they see nature for the first time. This is literally the plot of The Expanse. I need to watch The Expanse. I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, yep, yep, you're ticking all the boxes. Yep, that that is the exact plot. Well, that's not the main plot, but that's what it's about. Okay, I'm going to watch The Expanse. It's Earth, Mars, and the Belters, which are mining asteroid belts. And they don't diverge in three different races, but they're very different from each other. So, like, Earth is all, like, nostalgic and romantic and, like, oh, we have all the power. And then Mars is, like, super strict military and, like, the most advanced in tech. And then the Belters are just, like, sort of low life. Yeah, but you told me about the expense and you you put it up as it was, like, some more of a political whatnot yeah. endeavor in space. Um, I wanted to tackle this thing from more of a psychological yeah there's that there's that as there well is that. There's, of course there's that as well you see the belters who are struggling to survive because no one gives a shit about them yet they're the ones mining all the asteroids for minerals that get sent back to the other planets whereas they don't get shit 
uh, and they and it's the whole psychological and they're very uh, rough and they're, they're yeah. But you're basically describing miners on Earth also with this. Yeah, exactly. But that's a psychological thing. And well, then you have like the Martians who are super envious of of the Earthers because they were the Earth was supposed to send like a a terraforming thing, but then their the war broke out and they never did it or some shit. And they're very envious of humans that they have blue skies and blue like, oceans and whatever, and they're super envious. And then one of the main characters goes to Earth, and she's all like, "Sky and Earth and wood, water and all yeah, psychological that. and shit." Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Okay. They they were. They and were then first. they they torture belters on Earth because they're they've generations who grew up on spaceships and mining cargo ships and shit like that. And their like uh, spines are elongated because there's no like gravity to yeah. push them down, so they're all taller. But when they get to Earth, like they're they're in they're in excruciating pain, and that's how they torture like war criminals or whatever. They just just they, keep them there. Yeah, they just they just uh, they just uh, sort of yeah. The, the, actually, this is how they untorture them. So like they just keep them there. But then when they like want to talk to them, they like hook them up with their with their arms on like on like hooks on the wall or something shit to like sort of lean on so they're sort of um hang them ha- right? yeah hanging so they're hanging so they there's no pressure on their spine and then when they do that they just let them fall and then there's pressure and excruciating pain on their spine oh my god yeah it's horrible yeah. okay they don't have to do anything else they just have to let them be there and they're like in pain because obviously you should watch it it's not it's not about any of those things it, those things are presented, but the main plot is sci-fi shit. And on that note, <laughs> I'm gonna write a book. <laughs> no, I'm not. You should. Everyone should write a book. Everyone should write. Said the guy who doesn't write at all. I guess. Look, dude. If Chuck Tingle can write, it is a two-time Hugo Award nominee. I know nominee. You who you're talking about. You know? I don't know. You don't need to know. Okay. He wrote the book Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt. And then wrote the book Pounded in the Book Pounded in the Butt by My Book Pounded in the Butt by My Book. And four more iterations of that. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about him next time. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't fucking know. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.